0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now, here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 380 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? Stand rested and ready, man. Let's get it on. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm, this is, is going to be a fun one, I think. Somewhere along the way, the Reds decided to start playing baseball after really kind of bottoming out there uh, at one point. The Reds have now won 13 of their last 16 games. They are currently, they moved up to third place in the Central Division, but just two games behind uh, Chicago and Milwaukee, who are, are co-leaders of the National League Central where did this come from, Bill?
1: Well,
2: I, I think it's on you and Chris. Uh, last week, you badmouthed the bullpen for like an hour and a half, and since then, they've been outstanding. They've won six in a row. Uh, I think you and Chris just aspire them to to play much better baseball.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's and we were going to talk about the bullpen here in a moment, but. Um, This is like, is this the first time in the history of this podcast? And we've been going for 380 episodes. Is this the first time that the Reds didn't lose between podcasts? (laughs) Literally undefeated since the last time. we
2: not, it's real close.
0: Yeah, really. So, yeah, they've won 7 out of 8. They've won, as I said, 13 out of 16. And how this happened was it began with that four-game sweep in St. Louis that just came completely out of nowhere. When the Reds were five games under 500. they were 6.5 out of first. And then, of course, they uh, they lose two out of three at home against Milwaukee. And so of are like, well, here we go. They're treading water again. And that's where the last podcast was. And then they proceed to sweep uh, the Colorado Rockies, which, you know, um, my son's uh, high school baseball team could probably take two out of three against the Rockies. And um, and then a sweep, though, at division-leading Milwaukee, uh, in, in which they won one blowout but had two 2-1 games. One was an extra inning game. And really it's the, a, kind of a fun series, exciting series. And now they head out to, to San Diego, uh, I guess what were what were the odds of what would you put the odds of after they uh, before that St. Louis series? What, what, what kind of odds would you give for the Reds actually ripping off thirteen out of sixteen? Uh, pretty low. There's, I never in a million years would have guessed. Even though we've talked about how this team has some talent, just, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm still blown away by it.
2: You'd have been better off buying a lottery ticket.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you,
2: uh, your, your odds would. Better with a lottery
0: ticket.
2: Um, I mean, and they you know. And last year, when they had a hot streak? I don't remember.
0: Oh, uh, I, uh, I don't. I don't remember either. I don't remember either. I've I really tried to block out most of last season. So let's let's dive into the news of the week here, and then we'll, and it'll we'll circle back around to this big winning streak and how they're looking because a lot of this news will. And some of our viewer mail questions, we'll, we'll play on that. Uh, first thing they is...
2: Did, they did win six in September. Six in a row.
0: Six, six in September a row. But I'm sure that didn't uh, line up with uh, between podcasts. This was just perfect. We, we published on a Friday. Yes.
2: I mean, like I said, you and you Chris needed to take your... That was a Sunday to a Friday.
0: There you go. See? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll take, I'll take credit for it. Into the news of the week, the Reds, of course, began by placing all-time superstar reliever T.J. Antone on the injured list. Oh mercy! And you know uh, some some soreness, basically. And this is, you know, I, I I thought the sky is falling because at that point, the ERA for any Cincinnati Red reliever, not named T.J. Antone, if you take Antone out of the mix, the rest of the bullpen's ERA is 6.58. So that's you would ultimately think, well, that means that the Reds are just gonna collapse and die at this point because the bullpen is gonna get even worse, right That's what happened, right?
2: That's what you would have thought, but um they've been pretty good over the last week uh seventeen and a third innings, seven hits, three runs, two earned, five walks thirty two strikeouts
0: yeah i think I think since is that since Anton went out because my numbers are a little bit different since Anton went out.
2: That's during the winning streak.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Actually,
2: that's since the pot last podcast is what that is. Ah, uh,
0: nice. Uh, this is going to be have to be the bullpen edition of the podcast. I've got since uh, Anton went on the uh, injured list, they've given up two runs in eighteen and a third innings for a zero point nine eight ERA. That's <laughs> just and and you know Lucas Sims has been good uh, during this as we would expect, but uh, you know uh, Heath Embry. Looks pretty good. Brad Brock looks pretty good. And uh, those guys aren't great pitchers, but man, what a perfect time for them to start pitching like they're good. Um, Again, add it to the list of things that are unexpected. Oh,
2: the the thing, the thing that's amazing to me through this winning streak is usually when you have a winning streak like this, or you get an early hot streak, you got two or three players that just start tearing the cover off the ball. And I looked offensively and nobody's hitting the ball. You know, incredibly well. The guys that have... Votto's probably been the best hitter through this winning streak, or at least since in the last week or so. Um, Suarez, Winker, and Castillo have been okay. You know, Na- Naquin's been about what he's been. Um, but it hasn't been the offense. It's the turnaround of the bullpen that's the key to this winning streak.
0: It, well, yes, combined with the fact that the offense is continuing to hit well. I mean, this offense has been pretty good. yeah, yeah. yeah. Season, but, right. but
2: the offense isn't carrying them, is what I'm saying. That You're plus right. the fact that during this winning streak, the uh, for the most part, the starters are getting into the sixth and seventh inning. And, and I think that next, that that extra inning or inning and a third, two innings, I think that means a lot.
0: And this is going to be—we had a, a viewer mail question that's going to kind of touch on this later, but I, I want to go ahead and get into that because uh, you know, I, I, it looked—it appeared to me we don't—he's not said it out loud as far as I've seen it appeared to me that David Bell understood that he has a garbage dumpster fire bullpen. And so he was doing something that he, no manager is really doing these days, which is letting a guy go an extra inning there when you're into the third time through the lineup, the uh, the opponent's lineup. And I think it was because he didn't trust his, his bullpen. And, you know, uh, a sixth inning of Tyler Malley, a sixth inning uh, of, uh, of Luis Castillo, or even a seventh inning, you know, that's better than in general, you know, Brad Brock, for example. So, uh, you're right that's it's been a big key having this start, the starting pitching's been uh, good basically all season even without Castillo. Um and that's, that's a fantastic point that part of the bullpen's uh, resurgence has been uh, maybe they're not getting an extra inning every night you know to fall apart.
2: Yeah yeah. One one thing I wanted to touch on though that you you and Chris kind of talked about last week and you were talking about you know that they're the worthy all these guys came from you know they're all cast offs they're all cuts they're all you know but the one thing you guys didn't talk about when you were talking about extensions, if they're going to do this with a bullpen and try to turn chicken salad in, out of chicken crap, the, the most important extension, wouldn't you think, would be Derek Johnson?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm fully and of the opinion. Talking
2: about that. And, and I asked Chris when we talked to Chris Welch if he knew what Johnson's contract status was, and he said he did not. But I read somewhere else, and I can't remember where I read it now, that this is the last year of Derek Johnson's contract. If that's the case, that's the number one extension.
0: My guess is that that's going to be part and parcel with negotiations with manager David Bell. Um, and I've already said on here, I don't think he's done anything to deserve to be to be fired or not not have it renewed. I don't think he's done anything to particularly to earn the job either. But he's not had a whole lot of players uh, on it. Uh, you know, at his disposal as well. So, you know, I'm okay with bringing back the entire coaching staff, but I absolutely think Derek Johnson should be uh, a number one in terms of uh, coaching. uh, When you're talking about extending someone. Yep. Um, All right. Back to what, what's going right. You know, this offense, I want to go back to that for just a second, because I got to looking at it as I was uh, writing my piece for uh, my column for Cincinnati magazine this week. And you know, I knew they'd been good, but I didn't really. I hadn't really broken it down. And <laughs> really, only the Dodgers have had a better offense than the Reds this uh, this season so far. And you know, a lot of that goes to the dynamic duo, right? Nick Castellanos and, and Jesse Winker, who just continue to be amazing. But but you know, uh, Votto, you're right. Vado came back, and he you know <laughs> he looked a little bit more like classic Votto lately. The catchers continue to uh, you know they've they've faded a little bit, but they continue to be productive. Uh, Barnhart and uh, and Tyler Stevenson and Tyler Naquin is just wh- I can't imagine where this team would be if Tyler Naquin had not done what he's been doing so far this season you know because since L. hurt, uh, Akiyama has you know people are screaming about him not being in the lineup which I get I want to see him in the lineup but he's not really done much so where would we be if we didn't have Tyler Naquin right now
2: probably be the biggest Reds biggest free agent signing of the of the offseason
0: season. <laughs> and nobody predicted that,
2: did they? Knew. It's another one. You, would, you, could have, you could have won a lottery easier than you would have predicted that.
0: Well, maybe not. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of competition from Reds Free H-Signs this winter because they didn't have any. Well, <laughs> but he's fantastic right now, hitting 261, but, you know, 330 on base, 495 slugging. He's got 11 home runs, 42 ribeye stakes, 11 doubles. I mean, he's just been steady the entire season and, and sometimes spectacular. And, uh, He's one of what one, two, three, four, five Reds, uh, the primary starters. If you don't include Stevenson, uh, Tyler Stevenson, that are above uh, a one hundred OPS or at a one hundred or, or higher, which is basically an average that hitter or higher. Moustakis. and Mustakas, although he's only played in uh, twenty eight games, but you're right, Mustakas is there, and and of course the uh, the immortal uh, Max Schrock. Oh no, he's not one of the starters. Yeah, uh, the,
2: you know, the thing is though, we're forty percent into the season. Yeah. And who would have predicted that Tyler Naquin would be leading the team in RBIs?
0: Mrs. Naquin may have. Uh,
2: his mama wouldn't even have said that.
0: <laughs> She'd have predicted he might be second or third, right? That's right. It's you know, of course, it's a. Uh, his,
2: mom, his mom's a big Jesse Winker fan, so
0: he gets a bat behind Jesse Winker and Nick Cassianos. <laughs> you know, uh, most most nights. So when he's not uh, when he's not leading off. Um, which he hadn't done here recently, because the Reds have kind of installed a new off. I haven't seen who uh, we're recording this before they play in San Diego tonight, but haven't seen the lineup yet. But I think we need to kind of reevaluate, uh, or maybe not reevaluate, but give an update on Jonathan India, because you know India came out like a house of fire, and then the league caught up to him, and now he's sur- surging again. You know, making some adjustments of his own, and. Uh, yet, am I a true believer in Jonathan India? I'm I'm certainly getting there. Uh, you know, three sixty seven on base percentage, forty uh, percent of the way through the year is nothing to sneeze at for a twenty four year old. What are your thoughts well, on Jonathan India? In
2: his last month, is on base percentage, and it, it's been about a month that he's been in the leadoff spot. His, lead- his on base percentage in the last month's four thirty three. That ain't bad.
0: <laughs> and plus, he's the only good defensive player uh, on the infield.
2: <laughs> well, that's not that's not a real high bar to set, but I think he's played some pretty good. Defense
0: at second base. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, again. That's a, something you know that maybe coming into spring training, no one expected uh, this contributor at second base. Now, w- what, another piece of news this week that we we need to talk about is uh, Mike Mustakas, because that that we're, I'm circling around from Jonathan India at second base to uh, the next problem that I saw on the horizon, which is uh, you know first of all, Mike Mustakas was sent out on a rehab assignment uh, to the uh, Triple A. And, of course, it lasted about a one, one, day, one game, three at-bats. And he was sent back to Cincinnati to uh, soreness in his injured foot. So his uh, rehab uh, assignment has been kind of uh, stopped cold. Um,
2: Listed by the Reds medical staff is day-to-day. We'll see him in September.
0: <laughs> My question was going to be, this was going to be one of the topics of the podcast uh, for this week, was going to be what... Um, what are the Reds going to do when Mustakas comes back? And, you know, I thought originally that Suarez to shortstop was never going to happen again, um, and it may not, because who knows when Mustaka's is going to be back. But that's probably the only – since India has kind of uh, had this resurgence here, that's probably the only thing they can do is put Suarez back at short, right?
2: I, that's what I would think, and just pull their nose on, you know, pray when they play defense.
0: Well – with Suarez,
2: Kyle is—he's got- not terrible defensively. He's okay. You know, he catches the balls that he should catch, and he's better defensively than Suarez. But offensively, he's just a black hole.
0: Yeah, he's less productive than Eugenio Suarez, who has been <laughs> trash. Right. Um. <sighs> Are we seeing any signs from Suarez? I keep thinking I am, but I, sometimes I think it's just my mind playing tricks. On I, I want so bad to see it.
2: I don't know. If you look at the splits, it's, it's I don't know. It's just, in the last two weeks, 205, 286, 386.
0: That's a little better, runs. but it's not.
2: The last, the last month, 198, 281, 430. With six, But, he, I mean,
0: he's hit six home runs in the last month. Yeah, well, those numbers are, are for the last month, those numbers are substantially better than his season numbers. So, I don't know. But yeah, if, think,
2: if 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 it's an improvement, uh, you, the 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 rise is minuscule,
0: and it's still nowhere near his expected numbers. And yet, the Reds still have the second best, uh, the second best uh, offense in the National League. And
2: you, you said the number one team is the. Dodgers and they're doing that in Dodger Stadium.
0: Right, right. <laughs> hey, I bought tickets for a, a game at Dodger Stadium next month. What do you think about that?
2: Have you ever been there?
0: Never been there. My first time. It's.
2: I'm looking forward to hearing your. I've never been there either. I'm looking forward. I've heard it's an absolutely incredible stadium. That's empty by the eighth inning.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um it may be incredible, but they've th- got one problem with it: the Dodgers play there.
2: There are those of us that still hate the Dodgers. <laughs> They're
0: playing the Diamondbacks that night too, so that's going to be uh, um. So, uh, the, bad team. yeah the the offense fantastic, amazing, incredible, unbelievable. And we've talked about who's been good and and, and who deserves credit. But man, I, I, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos are not slowing down, and I'm a little surprised to note that the All Star voters have noticed and both Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos were uh, in you know as in the first update in National League All-Star voting were listed uh, as starters in terms of uh, number of votes received in the National League uh, that, does that surprise you as much as it surprises me
2: absolutely uh, hugely and and whether that you know people sitting at home in front of their computers for half a day voting as many times as they can switching to email addresses and whatever else you need to do or cuz it's sure not from people that are full, you know, filling a ballpark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I hope it's, I hope it's Reds fans uh, stuff in the ballot box. Keep doing it. If, if that's the case, keep voting. Um, but it's just, you know, I expect to see, especially in the early voting, you expect to see some of the guys that are traditionally the big names. And so, um,
2: it, it, you know, it might be even more impressive that if it isn't being, if it isn't mostly Reds fans.
0: It, what's impressive to me is that neither Castellanos nor Winker have ever made an All Star team, and yet somehow they're people are recognizing that they are just uh, having have, have insanely good seasons. And I don't know, it blew me away when that came out. I, I never in a million years would have expected that. Yeah, I mean they're they're in there ahead of Mookie Betts, who's not having a great season, but still he's Mookie Betts. Yeah, and
2: he plays for the Dodgers.
0: He plays for the Dodgers. The uh, third outfielder is uh, Atlanta Braves uh, Ronald Acuna Junior., who is a flat superstar. Um, and that would be the starting three in the outfield uh, if the voting ended uh, now. But we got a long way to go. So if you if you do that type of thing, if you if you vote, how's the time to do it? Because uh, it would be fantastic to see Winker, uh, and, and you know hopefully both of them keep uh, their production up. So I'd like to see both of them at least make the team, whether they're starting or not. Because uh, <laughs> to this point in the season, they're as valuable as. Uh, as any players in the National League. You know, uh, Buster Olney, the baseball writer Buster Olney, had his list out this week of the top five National League MVP candidates right now and had neither Winker nor Castellanos in the top five, which to me is just, and I know I'm a a hometown, uh, you know, I'm a homer, but come on, how do you not have either of those guys in your top five Uh, considering how much the Reds have relied on both those guys? That's the very definition of most valuable. So it seems like to me anyway.
2: I especially uh Castellanos and I love Jesse Winker, but if you're going by, you know, wins above replacement, Castellanos is up there with everybody in the league.
0: Oh yeah. 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 You know, I, uh, uh, last week, my Cincinnati magazine uh, column kind of showed where they were in the league at that time. And they were actually both one, two in the league in and like um, not every category, but most offensive categories. Uh, and in war, um, I think Castellanos was number one in the league at that time. And, uh, it just—it's been an astounding season for both of them. You know, Jesse Winker leading the team in home runs with seventeen. You know, we never would have predicted that four years ago, and and we were big Jesse Winker fans all the way up through the minors, but never would have predicted seventeen homers. Uh, you know, here at the halfway through June, so
1: he's got oh. a career
2: high at forty percent into the season.
0: <laughs> right, it's a—it's fantastic. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's. Um, <sighs> Before we get into some, uh, I got one more piece of news and then uh, I want to get into the viewer mail question because there's a bunch of uh, good items to discuss about the, how the Reds are going right now. But I want to ask you this question, Bill. Okay. You know, 13 out of 16, six in a row, really mo- you know, do- doing some uh, some scoreboard watching and moving up in the standings. And, uh, you know, we we've, <sighs> we've been through so many bad things. I feel like I need to try to enjoy these moments even more so when they come because we're probably going to have some bad moments ahead of us every team does uh, throughout the season uh, do you like consciously try to enjoy these moments more because we've suffered for so long does that make any sense
2: i know what you're saying but i, I just i try not to get too too high or too low because you know like you said the, you know the low's coming uh, but how can you not enjoy winning six in a row i mean you know
0: you know, I've said on this podcast a hundred times a team is never as good as they look at their best, and they're never as bad as they look at their worst. And ultimately, this team's just kind of what, probably what we thought they were, you know, a somewhat above average, uh, maybe slightly above average, average to a, a slightly above average team. But, you know, right now they're four games above 500, and uh, they've been five games under, and they've dug themselves out of a hole that they, they were in. And so, if nothing else, we're here on June sixteenth or June seventeenth, excuse me, and they're in the mix. And given that they didn't do jack in the off season, man, I, this is uh, kind of where I hoped they'd be midway through June, at least in the mix. Couple games out of first. That's if you told me that, I'd been okay. That's good. So so far, so good. I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I, I'd be curious, and I wish I'd have thought of looking this up earlier. I wonder when the last time they were four games over three over five hundred was.
0: Man, it probably had to be like, didn't? 2013. I would say maybe 14, because didn't they look decent early in the year in 2014? And uh, seems like they looked decent, and then that then you know the All Star game was coming, and, and Castling didn't want to uh, get rid of anyone. And I'm going to look it up while we're talking here. Seems like I got to remember that at some point in that season they were uh, kind it's of. It's
2: been a while. It's been a couple of days.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, if it is 2014, that's seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see here. Uh, most games over 500 there. they were seven over 500 in July of 2014. Okay. Yeah, and uh, ultimately finished the season at 76 and 86. So, yeah, so it's it's. almost seven
2: years ago. Almost, you
0: know. Yeah, I don't think any seasons since. That they have, um, so it's, that's why I'm like, man, seven years, bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. I'll, I'm enjoying it. So these are the podcasts I love having where we can have something to be, yeah, uh, you know, happy about and excited about. Let's uh, let's dive into some viewer mail questions because, like I said, we do have a number of these that touch on some issues that I want to want to talk about, and that right. seems like a good way to to get into some of these issues. Uh, before we do that, we got some new members of the family. Patreon.com slash RedLegRadio.
2: That was know, a nice segue, by the way.
0: Nice was, was it a good one?
2: Yeah, it was a pretty good
0: one. I'm pretty smooth on the microphone here, right? I'm like uh, I'm like Eric B. No, no, no. I'm Rakim. Eric B was the DJ. I'm Rakim, right? Is that a reference you understand?
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. I listen to you and Chris, and, and you start talking about me. And you you mentioned places, bands I've never even heard of.
0: You don't know Eric B and Rakim? No. Rakim was a microphone fiend. You didn't
2: know that? I, I i don't even know what that means it, it sounds like a guy that does obscene things with a microphone
0: no come on now yeah well he did do obscene things uh just in the in the hip-hop sense so we've got some new members of the family here at red leg nation uh right, Patreon, patreon.com slash leg radio where you know you can join the family and uh talk with us uh, on our slack channel and uh if you you know if you want to join up and get a get a shout out here on the podcast certainly you're welcome to do that you don't have to the podcast and
2: that way, and that way some of us can take some time off from the softball team and sit on the bench and drink
0: beer. Exactly, exactly. That's the only reason Bill wants to, to increase the numbers on this team, right?
2: That's right, Dagger. I, I want to become the player manager. <laughs>
0: well, let's run through this week's uh, new uh, new members of the of the crew. First comes from James Urban. James, of course, uh, who you know, he's uh, he's been active on Twitter. We've talked to him some on Twitter, and he said, you know, finally, I thought I got to I got to get off uh, my my butt here and and uh, join the big league softball team. And so he, uh, James, joined us this past week. James Urban. Now, again, if you're new to the podcast, our custom is you, we we got to give you a position on the uh, on the our Leg Nation Radio softball team. Where's James playing? James Urban. What does that sound like I to you?
2: The third baseman.
0: Third baseman.
2: Big hitter, pretty good fielder.
0: So, uh, who are we talking here? Kind of a in Reds history, a Willie Green type.
2: Well, hopefully, he's, he'll be around longer than Willie was.
0: <laughs> I loved Willie Green.
2: You do know, you do know why you had more people join this week because you were pretty raw on him last week with Chris.
0: <laughs> was I?
2: many new members you were you were pretty tough on the on the listeners
0: that's true i forgot about that yeah oh and, and we got in three uh three good uh, new members uh joined uh actually one, right into it oh that's all right. that's funny and so i'm just gonna tell you we got to have at least three more next week i'm telling you all right now we need three more members go to patreon.com slash red leg radio um third baseman no I'm, I'm not saying willie green i'm actually seeing you know i can i can see third base but i'm kind of like uh thinking Okay. Okay. Maybe he only played third because Pete Rose was uh, taking up at bats at first. I was thinking more of a Scott Rowland type, kind of a veteran leader, good with the glove, but you know, still capable of uh, of hitting. So.
2: Okay.
0: So we'll we'll stick with third base, James. You're our third baseman, man. You're either a, a wily veteran with a good glove or uh, a big bat. So thank you, though. Thank you very much for for joining us. Next comes from a, a friend, and you all have heard this name sometimes he uh, he bumped his uh his pledge up a little bit to join the the level where he gets a shout out and so peter skills wills peter skills wills i'm assuming his name is peter wills and he just uh there was i think it was a nike commercial back in like the early 90s with uh tim hardaway and tim hardaway had this uh, you know ridiculous southern accent and uh he in the, in the commercial he he said he, he was a basketball player by the way bill for the Golden State Warriors. He said, I got skills. And we used to think that was hilarious. So, Peter, I got skills, Wills. You got a position for him? Can
2: you give yourself a nickname? I didn't think you could do that.
0: We don't know that he's given himself this nickname.
2: Oh, okay. That's he, true. That's a good point.
0: He probably got it on the, uh, you know, the the uh, hard uh, hard courts of uh, Dayton, Ohio, you know, pick up basketball. I don't know where he's from.
2: On the mean streets of...
0: Yeah. The mean streets of Dayton. <laughs> So, Peter, here I'm, I'm seeing a reliever. I'm seeing like a shutdown closer, though. I think he's back of the bullpen. Maybe a setup man, but I think he's back of the bullpen. What do you think? A Scott Sullivan guy. Oh, a Scott Sullivan. You can pitch him You can pitch him in the ninth, but you can also pitch him in the seventh and eighth to get to your closer.
2: And he can pitch every day. I mean, he can just go every day. Like, he's got an arm like Pedro Bourbon.
0: The last uh yeah, the last uh Scott Sullivan. If you all don't remember him, you should because uh love that guy. He's I think I think the last Reds reliever and probably the last Reds reliever ever to throw more than hundred innings in a season. Scott he did Sullivan. Once
2: if I remember right yeah, right. yeah.
0: And very dependable and you need a guy to get you through to uh, you know, whoever the closer du jour is, David Weathers or whoever. Um so four years in a row. All right, so we got a rubber armed uh I think he's uh I think he's a, a right hander, and I think he's a submarine thrower.
2: Oh well, you always are in softball.
0: There you go, exactly right. We need that, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. You come up and they get pissed. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for uh, for uh, sticking with us, and uh, really happy to have you as part of the family. Last one yeah. comes from Michael Kaiser. Michael Kaiser just today uh, joined up here and uh, couldn't be happier. Michael Kaiser. Michael Kaiser actually took advantage of the. Uh, you get a little bit of a discount if you sign up for a full year. He took took advantage of the full year discount. Um, what do we think, Michael Kaiser? I don't have much of a sense here on uh, what position he plays.
2: I'm thinking an outfielder, maybe a corner outfielder.
0: Okay, corner outfielder. Um, what 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 type of player is he? Big bat, like a uh, a, a big
2: arm. Got a big arm.
0: Big arm. Okay, People so try
2: to take the extra base on Mike Kaiser.
0: So I'm seeing I'm seeing a Dave Parker type. Yeah, Dave Parker type. We'll put him in right field.
2: And you, and you don't try to go first and third on him.
0: Never, never. He'll gun you down. Yep. And of course, you know, uh, Dave Parker could hit a little bit. So, a Dave Parker esque right fielder, Michael Kaiser. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to the at least three of you who join before next Thursday. Don't Let's, make chance to start naming names. That's right. I'm going to call some people out. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome aboard guys. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, viewer mail questions. First come from Jerry Saduth. I uh, was his name? I pronounced? Jerry Saduth. I mispronounce it every time. Many of the recent recent pitching call-ups have looked good on the mound. Is this a matter of Kyle Bodie and Driveline paying off or is it a matter of batters being unfamiliar with them? Which of these pitchers do you believe have real staying power? Now, this is a question that I think gives us an opportunity to discuss a couple of guys who have made their major league debut in the last uh, couple of weeks from AAA, um Vladimir G- Gutierrez. And um, Tony Santion, and both looked pretty good. I mean, both have been kind of imperfect, but they've both looked at times like, oh, wow. Especially Gutierrez, who's now started four games and has a 2.74 ERA, and has, you know, he, he's battled his command a little bit. He has walked 10 guys, but uh, he struck out 19. He's, I don't know, he's looked, he's looked pretty good. And Santion, just the one start, but. Um, and he he struggled some, but he he battled. He fought in and out. I was I mean, I've been incredibly impressed with both those guys. And you know, I don't know how much credit Kyle Bodie and the driveline guys get for that, but you know, uh, I'm happy to to believe that they get some credit because these are two guys who I mean Gutierrez was suspended for a, a what are those things called performance enhancing drugs. And uh, so we didn't really know what to expect out of him. Um, and uh, you know, Santion, frankly, his last minor league season before last year's no minor league season was not good. Was not good. And now he, you know, he pitched great in AAA. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about these two guys specifically. There's a couple more pitching prospects I want to talk about in a second. But really impressed by what these guys have brought. Do you give? Now, do you give driveline Cal Bode, Do you give them much credit, uh, or do you have any any sense? It's hard to tell. I think.
2: It really is hard to tell. I I do want to. Sunday when Santian was pitching, I was sitting in a uh, establishment in Key West called the Green Parrot, and I was watching the game on my phone.
0: Were you sitting next to Ernest Hemingway?
2: No, he wasn't there. Okay, but but I was sitting there talking baseball with my friend Valerie, the bartender, and she runs the TVs in there. And she had the she's a Phillies fan, and she had the game on two of the TVs, so no matter which end of the bar she was working at, she could always see the game. But I watched this kid, and he was—he I assume he has much better stuff than he showed Sunday. But he ground through, you know, four and a third, and never let up. You know, every time he was in trouble, he'd work out out of it. You had to have been impressed with, you know, with what he with, with what he did in one start. Now I'm looking forward to his next start to see what he can do. But uh, it was real impressive on Sunday. And, and uh, Gutierrez has been very impressive, I think, in this start. So I've seen two of them. And uh, he looks like he knows what he's doing out there. You know, I want to see you know, more strikes than, than what I'm seeing so far because walks make me absolutely crazy. But uh, how can you not be impressed? And, and uh, how in the world do you put Jeff Hoffman back in this rotation with, with, when you got these two guys?
0: <laughs> you, you can't.
2: You like can't. one would think. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they need to jettison Hoffman necessarily, but I, if you put him in the in the rotation ahead of either of those guys, it just it makes it makes no sense whatsoever. I don't, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. Frankly, um, you touched on something that I've seen out of Gutierrez and Santillon That's you know, it's kind of I don't know. It's hard to quantify but it just they don't seem intimidated out there as as pitchers just into the big leagues and they fight and they battle and you know I don't again uh, I like things that can be quantified and you can't quantify that but I I like watching a guy like that pitch and um and you, yeah I I've enjoyed both those guys. And, You know i'm just 24, is just 25.
2: Yeah. Wow. And, and and we a lot of people use that term grinder and and, and I don't really know how you would define it. But to me it's a guy that when he's in trouble, he just bear he just seems to bear down. Uh, the game yesterday, Molly, uh, early on, uh Mally, he, he struggled early on. But he ground through the first like three innings, then he got his legs under him. He record, you know, they got the got the last twelve in a row before he came out of the ballgame. You know, sometimes you grind through and, and you just grind all game. And some games like yesterday for, for Mally, you he ground and then all of a sudden his stuff came around and it got it got magic, uh, but I, I like watching these guys. That, like you said, they don't seem like they get rattled. They they seem like they they, they bear down. Uh, I think that's real impressive to watch. And and whether it's, and I don't know if that's anything that can be taught or coached, or whether it's just something that you have or you don't have.
0: I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough to know. The only thing about Gutierrez is, is you know, there was some talk about all the Reds pitchers getting incredible Hulk tattoos uh, because Wade Miley had the temporary tattoo. Yeah when he's a no-hitter, and I don't think Gutierrez has any more room, uh, any more canvas <laughs> on which to put another tattoo, so he may have to get something covered up. Well, uh,
2: it, on this off-the-topic stuff, let me ask you a question. Yesterday on the game, they were talking about something about riding, acting like you're riding a motorcycle. Are you aware of this?
0: I saw them doing it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know the
2: It started Genesis. with Kyle Farmer, and I really couldn't. They, it was like it was like they started in the, during the game, like they started in the middle of a conversation. And they didn't explain if you you know if the bit, the beginning of the conversation seemed like it was the game before. Yeah. And unless you heard that what they were talking about yesterday, I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. Uh, yeah, so uh, somebody would let us know what the motorcycle thing is.
0: The, the fact and is, i I, 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 in I, I, I like uh, with one exception, I like the Reds uh, announcers both on radio and and television. But if I'm watching on television, I actually don't listen very, to very much of what's being said. I'll have it, the volume kind of turned down. Uh, what well, else is on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. Well, even with Chris. Now, I, with Chris, I listen far more often than I do with the other guy um, that does color. But uh,
2: why won't you say his name?
0: Cause it just it hurts me. It just it it, it just hurts.
2: It's. I mean, it's not make. make him a bad guy. It just. He's
0: you know. my favorite player ever.
2: I know, and, and and he has. Now I haven't listened to him lately, so I shouldn't. But he was. Last time I listened, he was better than he was at the beginning of the season.
0: Uh, he, I think he's plateaued what I've yeah, listened to. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, whatever, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, another. Next
2: manager to Cincinnati Reds. <laughs>
0: Maybe. It's possible. Um, I think it's very possible. So one thing I want to mention, because the, the, we're talking about Tony Santayon and Vladimir Gutierrez, and there's a couple other pitchers in the minor leagues that I've been clamoring pretty loudly to have up, and the Reds did make a move this week, and they moved Hunter Green, super prospect Hunter Green, up to... Triple-A Louisville, he'd been, you know, 5-0, 1.98 ERA, and double-A. 60 strikeouts in 41 innings. 60 apparently strikeouts. He
2: got to be, apparently he got to the point where he was the best double-A pitcher he could be.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, right. Uh, if you don't get that, go search, go uh, Google Nick Kroll, best double-A pitcher. Um,
2: are you allowed to say his name out loud? This is the man, what a...
0: Boy, you would not believe the number of people on Twitter. Every time he's mentioned, somebody wants to say, "Oh, don't, don't let Dotson say anything about him," which I'm fine with it. It's like
2: on Harry Potter, you know, (laughs) he must not
0: be (laughs) named. You can abuse me. I got hundreds of people dying to abuse me, and have for years. I got no problem with that. Uh, But it's uh, it wears me out sometimes. It's almost as bad now on Twitter as when everybody used to say UMBC. You know, everybody anytime anybody mentioned the University of Virginia, uh, to me they there it is. So
2: we are now on. uh, 380 podcasts in a row where Chad has to mention the University of Virginia.
0: Well, since you brought them up, Bill...
2: <laughs> no, I didn't. You brought them
0: up. <laughs> since you brought them up, the University of Virginia Cavaliers win six straight elimination games to make it to the College World Series. It's amazing.
2: Mm. Okay. That Next <laughs> week, women's lacrosse scores from the University of Virginia by Chad Dodson.
0: <laughs> I said something about a... Hey, uh, Hold on a minute, men's lacrosse, national champs, back-to-back national champs. Um, I mentioned something on, on uh, Twitter about uh, about Virginia uh, the other day, and some guy tweets back at me, I can't remember his name, I wish I'd looked it up now, and he says, wait, you went to Virginia? And I said, <laughs> and and I responded, uh, well, yeah, I did indeed, uh, thinking that it was just somebody that didn't listen to the podcast, maybe just, you know. And, uh, and he said, Yeah, I know you've mentioned a hundred times on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, All right, you're right. No, nope, that's fine. You're right.
2: I don't talk about being in the Navy as much <laughs> as you talk about being at UVA.
0: Well, you know, they're the best uh, baseball program in the country, they're the best basketball program, best lacrosse, best soccer. I mean, you know, plus, you know, pretty good academic institution. All right, I'm going to have to edit all that out. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm not. Wahoo. Uh, uh, now the other, my, my only pitcher that should have been brought up to AAA and was not was Nicola dolo Now, Nicolodolo has been as good or better than Hunter Green in A, but he's got this blister issue going on right now that put him back just a little bit. So that it's not because uh, the Reds don't. I expect to see him in A the next week or two. And I think at this point, it's almost certain to me. I think it's as close to 100% as you can get that both those guys are going to be in the big leagues this year. Do you agree or disagree?
2: I agree. Uh, th- th- two things, real quick. One is the, the blister thing concerns me because it seems like, and I'm d- digging into memory banks here, but it seems like guys that have that problem end up always having that problem. I hope I'm wrong. But um, somebody was, one of the red, I don't remember, was that uh, Doherty? Oh, gosh. The Doherty column that I shared with you the other day. Yeah. Didn't they, isn't that where he said they asked about? No, and they asked Bell if you, we might see Hunter Green before the end of the year, and he expected him to say nah, you no. Know, and he said, "Well, you never know how these things will work out." It's words to that effect. So even <laughs> David Bell's not downplaying the possibility of Hunter Green before the end of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's almost guaranteed to me. I think
2: I think it's more guaranteed you'll see Green than you will see Lodola.
0: Are you bringing up blisters on, on pitchers because uh, because of uh, Virginia right hander uh, Griff McGarry who had to leave the Old Dominion game with a blister and then came back and threw had to leave again but he got through eight almost eight innings against no. Dallas Baptist.
2: No, that's not why I brought
0: it up. To to to, to help actually, win the game.
2: Actually, once again, you brought the blister thing
0: up. It took him within one win of Omaha and, the, and then they won. I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm really trying to talk myself out of going to Omaha tomorrow. Uh, to To watch, uh, or on over the weekend to watch Virginia play in the College World Series. All right, I'm sorry, I I really do have to cut all that out. I'm making notes here. (laughs) Andrew Scott Wills,
2: it's your podcast. You can put in it whatever you want.
0: I know. I'm trying to get people to, you know, join the family, and I'm just, you know, turning them away (laughs) by talking about about Virginia so much. But they're in the College World Series. Andrew Scott Wills, parentheses Andy. So when, when they start calling him andy wills here ask this question uh is that when you, when you hear the word andy what do you think of the name andy
2: andy Travis
0: andy Travis wkrp
2: speaking of herb Tarling passed away today yesterday
0: is, is that right
2: Frank Bonner passed away yesterday
0: i hope they uh i hope they buried him in one of those crazy jackets that he always wore
2: I love that show yeah. i absolutely love that show
0: I couldn't decide with Andy whether I was thinking Andy Griffith or Andy Dufresne from Shawshank oh, both, Redemption.
2: Both good, both good, good choices.
0: Andy asks, since it's the final year of Tucker Barnhart's contract, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on what the front office will do. Will they let Tucker walk and roll with Stevenson, use the money to upgrade its shorts? shortstop. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. I, Silly boy, you. I, that's what most big league organizations would do, and so it's a reasonable question, but uh, Castellani. He says, I imagine a two-time... The organizations wouldn't have gone into the season without a shortstop. <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't wait until the next year. He says, I imagine a two-time Gold Glove veteran uh, would be able to make good money at free agency. Um, I, I'm interested in, to hear your thoughts, but my thoughts are kind of what we've been saying for about four years now, which is Sign him to another extension if he's willing to, and I would imagine he would be willing to, um, and let him, you know, share the position with Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson slowly kind of, you know, take uh, 65 percent of the starts. Uh, it just it makes all the sense in the world to keep him around because he still can be valuable. Even you know his 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 hitting numbers have gone down, but they're still fine. And so uh, uh, to me, I'm like, you can probably get him. I don't know how much money. I don't know how much money he's gonna make could make in free agency. I really not, don't think it's that much is my is my sense that a guy who's kind of a at the point in his career where he's about to become a, a backup catcher, a really good backup catcher, I think, but I think he's kind of at that point. He may want to go out and see if he can get a big payday, and I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to do that, but I would love to see the Reds keep him around for the next, you know, four or five years as, you know, the the backup to Tyler Stevenson, you know. Kind of the, the catching duo. What do you think, Bill?
2: I, I agree with you. I, I don't know how much a guy that doesn't hit real well. He's, he's, he's become a better hitter since he's concentrated on hitting left-handed. True. Uh, but you know, the, a two-time gold glove runner, you know, gold glove winner. That's impressive. Uh, they did a video, they did a video clip yesterday during the game of Stevenson working with the, uh, the kitchen coach.
0: I was going to mention and, that. Yeah.
2: And Tucker was right there talking to him,
0: instructing Stevenson. Yeah. yeah.
2: Instructing. And, and, Tucker, when he's done playing, will have will, would be an amazing coach, I would think, for catchers. Um, and he told Steve, and, they, and the story they were telling was that he's told Stevenson, if you've got any questions, you know, he's trying to bring this young guy along. And, and my guess is there aren't a whole lot of guys that do that. And that just tells the quality of Tucker Barnhart, too. And I've, I've known Tucker. I don't know him well. I've met him a few times, And starting starting when he played in Dayton. And he's been on the podcast. He's a quality young man. He's a quality – he's not a young man anymore, but he's a quality guy. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that's good for your ball club. I, I would love to see the Reds keep him and, and, and as we transition from one catcher to another. I think it would be nothing but good for the ball club.
0: Yeah, I would have no hesitancy in offering another four year deal, um, like they did last time. Uh, what you say really, I don't want to gloss over it because here Tucker Barnhart is a two time gold glover. You know, he's been with the Reds longer than anyone except Joey Votto. He's had a really good big league career, frankly. Um, he's only 30. He's only 30, right. And so he's still got some years to, to, to play, you would think. But oh, here comes the, the first round draft pick. Here comes the, you know, the, the next big catcher for the reds and you know this guy's coming to take your job tucker's been the starting catcher for the reds now uh, for a while and this guy is coming to take your job and to put that aside and say i got to help this guy because it's going to help our team and um yeah you know, it's just it's a it's a it's a lack of selfishness it's a it's a, you know, a selflessness is, is the word that really impresses me. And it's why I think he's a perfect guy to kind of hold Stevenson's hands for the next two, three years, you know, as Stevenson tries to establish himself as a big league catcher. Um, and who knows, maybe at that point, Stevenson moves over to first base. I don't, I don't know if that's when, when votto was gone, whether that's where his ultimate destination is. But, yeah, um, I'm all for I don't think he'll cost that much. And I'm all for keeping him around.
2: Yep. He's been a red starter for seven years. This is his seventh year as a starter.
0: That's That's impressive. That's a great career. I mean, that's a a great career. And we said years
2: ago. And I know we've got a question that's kind of like this, but I, I, I would be curious to know how many guys played one position on the Reds for seven years or more, were starters in a position for seven years or more.
0: I bet there aren't 40. Oh, I bet there's way fewer than that. If there's 20, I'd be surprised. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, you got the guys like, uh, I mean, maybe it's more because before free agency, but it might be 40. We need to look that up. I I just
2: pulled that number out of the air. I have no idea whether it's high, low, or or in the middle, but that's a long time to be a starter on one team. I mean, on this team, you'd have him and Joey. I don't think there's anybody else on here that'll be a, a winker, maybe. Suarez won't be a starter for seven years.
0: Um, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, well. Go
2: back to the big red machine. Yeah, you got some there. I mean, you got a number of them there, but you've probably got what four, five there that starters seven years in a row.
0: Yeah, probably. How about this question, Tucker Barnhart? If he walks, goes sign somewhere else, Is that is a Reds Hall of Famer? Absolutely. One hundred percent. I saw some people debating that and I thought it's not even a debate to me. No, me either. Two but, gold gloves? Yeah. So Yeah. We're,
2: been, I, I, the, I mean, I realize golden gloves haven't been around forever, but the Reds only have three catchers that have won golden gloves, as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we had another question about that. Let me see if I can find that real quick,
2: it's about Johnny Edwards.
0: Yeah. Do you see it there? Where is that? Oh, here we go. This comes from Nathan Connor. Nathan Connor, I noticed some Twitter banner. That's what uh, I was just talking about about Tucker's place on post bench Reds catchers. And offshoot from that exchange with this question: Who'd you rate higher, Johnny Edwards or Tucker? I'll let you answer that one.
2: Well, I, I looked it up, I, I, and, and they're pretty close to the same player. Um, Tucker's OPS plus is eighty five. Uh, his career, career uh, war with Reds is seven point four. He won two Gold Gloves edwards in the seven years he was with the reds his ops plus was 87 8.6 war two golden gloves the thing is edwards was offensively was more peaks and valleys he had three seasons over 100 offensively but he had three in the 40s and tucker's other than the his his rookie year he's always been in the 70s 80s 90s so it it depends on what you're looking for um I, i probably take johnny edwards but by a whisker and i can't even and if somebody said well you're wrong i'd say okay you're probably right I am
0: wrong. <laughs> you're, you're usually wrong uh let's let's uh, move on here again we've got a lot of viewer mail questions this week i'm just going to tell you guys uh we're probably not going to get all of them but that's the you know, that's what happens when the, the family starts growing a little bit so we'll try to get to as many as we can here first comes from joe farsing i like it when the reds go do you gentlemen as well I love it when the Reds go. Go Reds. Although Go Reds go. A couple weeks ago I was I was saying, that, you know, go Reds and you know take the Bengals with you. Not anymore. Jace Linford. Hi, this is Jace Linford and surely not Jaden Linden here. as a dumb joke from last week. Thank you for so I'm sorry for us defaming you like that, Jace. With the emergence of Jonathan India, the working platoon of Naquin Aquino, and Aquino's looked good since he came back, uh, and Shogo Akiyama. Uh, is it crazy to think our best option to improve the team is to trade Nick Senzel while he has some value left and let someone else take the gamble on his health? Uh, good question, Jason. And it's something that I've thought about a lot and people ask me this occasionally. And my question in response is, does what, right this this second in, in time, what value does Nick Senzel have on a trade market? What do you think, Bill?
2: I, I agree. You guys talked about it last week. I agree. I yeah. agree. What, what, what do you think you could get for Nick Senzel right
0: now? Yeah, that's my, that's my thing. I don't think you can get enough to make it. I, th- I think his, his his value lies in what he, he could still possibly presi- provide for this team. Yep, I agree. And if he doesn't do that well, his value will be the same. You know, in a couple of years, uh, as it is right now, I just don't think he's got much value right now. Um, which I hate because he's got all the talent in the world, but. You know, one talent is you got to be able to stay on the field.
2: Uh, and, and to be fair, even when he's been on the field, he hasn't been the player that we thought he'd be. Uh,
0: no, 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 he's not, but he's never had a real substantial period of time to actually show what he has because he keeps getting hurt. So, uh, but you're right. We always talk about it. you got to grab that brass ring. Yep. yep. You
2: have to grab the opportunity when it's there.
0: Yeah. Uh, same with Shogo. I really want to see Shogo more. And people keep asking, why is Shogo not playing? And my response is, well, I want to see Shogo too, but. What has he shown us to show that deserves to be on the field? Now I think he should be on the field over, you know, the Heinemans Scott Heinemans of the world. But uh Yeah, so. Um uh, it, uh, I'm not gonna say that. I had another good uh, UVA anecdote that, that relates to uh <laughs> Nixon Zell that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna I'll tell you later maybe. Um let's see, where are we going next? Oh, Peter Skills Will says, Generally, you know I found that when the Reds win, it is good, particularly when teams that share the division with them lose. Do you agree that the Reds should continue with this strategy? I think it may work. Yes, yes, continue that strategy. Um, question from Kyle Kapler. What has the better chance of happening? The Reds spin big at the trade deadline? Jeff Hoffman returning to the rotation, or Jose Barrero making it to Cincinnati this season? What's a better chance of that happening? The Reds spinning big at the trade deadline, Jeff Hoffman returning to the rotation, or Jose Barrero. Um, formerly, Jose Iglesias makes it to Cincinnati this season.
2: Of those three?
0: Of those three. Of Barrera? I think so, too. He's, he's smashing the ball at double-A. Have you seen that?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised he's not in Louisville already.
0: I think it's coming soon, yeah, so I would not be surprised. Uh, and, you know, he struggled Speaking last year. But
2: Speaking of Louisville, if if they if when they do bring Lodolo up, if they're back-to-back him and Green, we're going to go down for a couple of days.
0: Oh, yeah, you absolutely should. You absolutely should. Um. Kyle also has a question for you, Bill: Clapton or Seeger? Clapton, not even close.
2: They didn't. Ca- yeah, they, they didn't call him God. They don't call him God for nothing.
0: Oh well, there you go then. Uh, Bill blaspheming on the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying that's what the guitar <laughs> people call him.
0: Um, we had a good question from but I, Rick.
2: But I enjoy Bob Seeger.
0: Uh, uh, I don't. He's garbage. Um, I mean, he's not Bruce Springsteen garbage, but he's garbage. Uh, Richard Staller, good question. If we have time, we'll come back around to it. But I think it's going to take a long time to discuss that one, so I'm gonna. We're trying to move through some of these as quickly as we can. Mike Perry asks at patreoncom slash radio where you two can support the podcast. Since MLB's crackdown on foreign substances, and that's part of the what. Uh, well, let's just go and get into it. Richard stout's question was, I recall a couple of weeks back, the question was asked, "What will Major League Baseball do to add more offense, take away pitching advantage?" Seems like they're banning uh, a spider tack, is what it's called. Uh, the real question is, how many games would Gaylord Perry have won if he'd had access to that uh, spider tack? And then Mike Perry says, since MLB is cracking down on foreign substances, Tyler Mally's spin rate has dropped by about 150 RPM. Do you think we will see negative regression from him as the season continues? Um, so I don't want to really get into this MLB cracking down on the foreign stuff, substances topic because we could go on and on and on about that. All I will say... I expect lots of pitchers. It's not just going to be Tyler Malley and it's not just going to be the driveline guys and the cowboaty guys are probably going to see some negative regression, maybe. But then again, you, you just, you just cited, um, Mike, that his spin rate dropped. And it, but in his last start, Tyler Malley went six innings. He struck out a, uh, had his career high 12 strikeouts two walks gave up uh three hits one earned run and looked marvelous against not uh, not against a bad team against the milwaukee brewers so uh, you know i don't know tyler malley's always been able to get people out Uh, he's not the one i'm worried about you know tj Antone, maybe somebody like that maybe you worry about i don't know the worry is the right word but um i just i think we're going to see crazy things from everyone and I don't know if you got a quick thought on this crackdown, Bill, because I, I think we could talk a long time about it. Do you have something quickly you want to toss in there?
2: No, I, I think only time will tell, and, and the, the policy is, int- is, is kind of funky because you know, if you get caught cheating, you get suspended for 10 days, and they can't replace you on the roster. What happens if they catch like six relievers on the same team?
0: <laughs> well, you're in trouble.
2: <laughs> you got, then you got you know Blandino pitching four innings out of the
0: pen. Um. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Bundino's been like the fourth-best reliever on this team anyway this season. Uh, Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell. Glad, glad to see you back in the uh, Patreon, the question line here once again. Hooper Powell, what's more impressive, the no-hitter by Wade Miley or throwing a no-hitter through five innings in a beer league softball game? What do you think, Bill?
2: Well, it depends on how much beer the guys in the beer, on the opposing team in the beer league softball team, game have been drinking.
0: That's true. Might not be impressive at all.
2: No, they might all be passed out on the bench.
0: <laughs> John Majewski, Chad has rightly criticized... Thank you, rightly. Thank you for agreeing with me. Finally, someone's on my side. Chad has rightly criticized the Reds' rebuilding effort through the draft and overall player development as a failure. Wait a minute, I'm not sure exactly how I put it, but um, the rebuild has been a, a disaster. Um Now suddenly the rebuilding effort seems like a major success, producing an elite hitter in Jesse Winker, two promising rookies in India and Stevenson, and some strong starting pitching with more help on the way. How do you reevaluate the Reds' rebuild? Do you think we should reevaluate the legacy of Dick Williams? Uh, Good question, certainly. Uh, I don't know that the rebuilding effort seems like a major success. I think that's not true. Uh, I think that that particular clause in the question, the rebuilding effort seems like a major success, it's not true because... Since they started rebuilding, you know they. This is the high watermark basically for them. Yeah. So and and we're talking seven years in. So the rebuilding effort was a complete and utter disaster. Now the player development, the drafting player development. I think some of the things Dick Williams did, uh, and I think certainly Winker, India Stevenson, Tyler Malley, uh, you know uh, Tony Santion. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. I mean, that's an uh, international drafting and developing. I think there are some things that uh, Dick Williams put into place that absolutely should be uh, remembered fondly. And uh, so uh, I think it's two different questions there. I think, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Dick Williams tried to revolutionize this team. And I don't know for a fact, but it just certainly seems like he was gone because he saw that Bob Castellini was not going to let him finish the job. And uh, he he dug this team out of a hole that walked jockeyed doug and uh and yeah you're starting to see some of these guys this team that he put together is not a bad team they just needed to continue the uh, trust the process like they say and continue fill in in the holes and they just stopped they stopped that after last season so i don't know that i need to reevaluate but i hope people do remember dick williams fondly anything you have to add to that bill
2: no i think he deserves complete credit for the turnaround and player development here uh but he also has to take some of the, you know, and I know it's on ownership, but he has to take some of the blame for the rebuild.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, although he was digging out of a hole that he was getting. Yep. so. But but he was part of the rebuild. There's no, no question. You know, it's,
2: it's like last week when you guys were, you know, kind of joking about Nick Kroll. You know, he took the job and he's, you know, he's mouthing his platitudes that don't mean anything. But at some point, wouldn't you get tired of saying things that don't mean anything and, and either... Say what you really think, or, or quit.
0: No, not if I've worked my entire adult life to get a particular job, and I have one of thirty of those jobs in the entire world.
2: And see, I, my self respect means more to me than a job, and always did, and always will.
0: No, I, I think I would probably do what he's doing in hopes that at some point ownership is going to come to their senses, and I'll be you know have the reins taken off me. I don't. I don't think I would. I don't think, unless, you know, I mean, I might, I might take a position if if one were available in another organization.
2: Or you might leave unexpectedly.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're already from a family, that's uh...
2: just, just making it, you know, just pulling something out of the air.
0: <laughs> Joey Giditza. Good day, gentlemen. Hope you're uh, both super big boss. Bob allows you to make one move ahead of the deadline, but the stipulation is it has to be a former red returning. Who do you go get, Trevor Bauer? Oh, that you know. I, I thought I couldn't think. Yeah, I first thought, well, Didi Gregorius maybe because he's a former Red, but yeah, he's had some injury issues and he's not been great this season. But I, he's one. I thought Rosella Iglesias, because we need bullpen help. Yeah, but I think the only answer is Trevor Bauer, probably right, or Anthony Scafani, He's been great. Yeah, he'd be cheaper. <laughs> That's true. That's true. As if we're worrying about what Big Bob spends. That's
2: always an important part of our Reds team ownership.
0: Shouldn't be, but it is. Oh, good grief. Let's see what we got next. Um. Seth Shainer, between podcast comments and questions in the Slack channel, uh, I spent the past few weeks going from seeing something about to awaken in this team to if we look back later, the turning point might be the win over the Rockies on Saturday. That's a win that came that featured a come-from-behind situation while playing good hard-nosed baseball without relying on the home run to get the job done. When we're in a rainy, cool World Series parade, I like you think, Seth. What will we look back on as the turning point of the season? And you know what I think, it's, think it is? I, I, I thought about this a little bit. I think it's probably June first. The Reds are at home. It's a Tuesday night game. They're playing against the uh, Philadelphia, and they get destroyed seventeen to three. I mean, really, it was it was bad. The Reds had two position players pitch that night, and it was just it was ugly. It was completely ugly, and. I, you know, I don't know that what happened in the uh, clubhouse after the game or anything like that, but I look at that, and then I see, wait a minute, and then they go and rip off 13 out of 16 immediately thereafter.
2: Well, the other thing that's impressive is the day after that game is Gutierrez's first start. They got a rookie on the mound the next day. Now, they got rained out on the second, I think, or was that an off day? I can't remember now. But anyway, their next game on the third against at, at St. Louis was Gutierrez's first start.
0: Yeah, there was a rainout in the final game of the Philadelphia series. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. they won. They won eleven and thirteen since then. Right. I don't know. That's what that looks like the turning point to me. All right.
2: That's when this streak started. I mean, unless you want to go back, you know. I mean, they had won two of three before, but that's you know before the first they lost. Won the last game in the Chicago series, split with Philadelphia, and then they ripped off the four and you know, four in St. Louis. So you know.
0: James Urban, if you could grab a beer with any Reds player, who would it be? Past players included. For me, it's got to be Suarez and Barry Larkin. The conversations would be legendary. What do you think, Bill?
2: Well, it depends on what we're going to talk about. If we're just going to cut up and drink beer, mine would be Adam Dunn and Jay Bruce. (laughs) Yeah? If we're going to talk hitting, Joey Votto and Pete Rose.
0: What if you're going to talk about soccer?
2: I would shoot myself. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I, I think Adam Dunn.
2: I, I do, not have a, do not have an answer to a soccer head question.
0: I think Adam Dunn's got to be in there. Um, Joey Votto's got to be in there. Seems like he'd be fun to talk to. You know, Jesse Winker has got to be in, in there. Suarez, yeah, yeah Suarez too. Uh, there's, some, there's some fun guys. Um, that's a question we could probably spend an hour talking about just so we could talk about all these past players. Uh, good yeah. question. Um Michael Petrie, I am not going to read his entire question because remember, if you want to get your question read, the best way to do it is short and pithy. Um, but or should we uh, essentially part of his question is should we be worried about bringing Hunter Green to AAA and put him in the bullpen in the second half as a fear of quote unquote Chapmaning, Chapmaning him, turn him into and a uh, rolled Chapman who stays in the bullpen? And the truth of the matter is, I don't worry about that. Frankly, with Green, I think the Reds have been pretty consistent that he's a starter. Whereas I didn't see, that. and mostly because Dusty Baker's not in charge, I think Dusty Baker had these sort of old school, uh, you know, uh, thinking, and um, and he affected he affected. I think he affected Aroldis Chapman's thoughts about that, and maybe they're right. Chapman's made a lot of money and been a really good reliever for a long time, but I don't worry about that just yet. I'd be perfectly happy with Hunter Green being in the bullpen in the second half of the season. What do you think?
2: I want, I want Hunter Green up here in the second half of the season in the bullpen. And we'll worry about next year, next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he can really help this bullpen. Um, Rex Scott, Sparky Anderson earned the nickname Captain Hook when he was the Reds manager because of how quick he was to yank a pitch from the game, but David Bell has him beat in my estimation. The game is obviously different now than it was with Spark- when Sparky was managing, but it seems like the norm for Bell to use five or six pitchers a game, how much his behavior is related to the quality of our roster, how much is just Bell, or is this typical of most Modern managers. My thought is that's what everybody's doing. And actually, we talked earlier. Bell might actually recently have been be going back the other way, giving starters a, an, an extra an extra inning here or there. But uh, I know everybody gets frustrated with David Bell because of that, but every single manager is doing it. Right, Bill?
2: Yes, yes. And it's funny, though, because I, I went back and looked at the 75 team, and their four big relievers were Eastwick and McEnany and Bourbon and Carroll. The least – Carroll threw 56 games, and he was the least number of games out of the bullpen. McEnany was 58, Bourbon was 67, well, McEnany threw out 70 games. The least number of innings of any of the four was 90. You look at the, at the Reds, they've got guys who have got less innings than they've got games for the season. All that right. was, I mean, That was just unheard of. I mean, that's part of the difference in the game now.
0: Yeah, Sparky Andrews will get the starter early, but he also let his relievers go longer. Yeah, you know it's just it's, it's the difference in the game. It's it's. Well, you um, had
2: four and five man
0: bullpens. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, it's you got fifteen man bullpens, and you can pitch somebody every inning. Um. So, but it's it's everybody. It's not just David Bell. I mean, I've got plenty of criticisms of David Bell. Uh, this one, I just I have a hard time. I have a hard time hammering him every time some Reds reliever has looked awful this year, you see on Twitter just people slamming David Bell, putting in the wrong pitcher. And I'm like, he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have a lot of good pitchers out there to choose from and you can't pick T.J. Antonio every day or he'll be hurt, which, well, guess what? It happened. Oh.
2: It wasn't from overuse. Exactly. You Because know, one of the things you and I debated before the season was you thought he'd be able to go two or three innings three times a week. And they didn't use him that way, and he still ended up with forearm stiffness or whatever, like they were saying it
0: was. Let me let me correct you a little bit. I didn't think he would be able to do that. I said that that's the only way it made sense to have him in the bullpen is, okay. it, is if he could do that. Okay, that's uh, fair. Yeah. All right. Last question. Here comes from our buddy Chuck Nichols. Happy day! I like the way they start. Happy day! Exclamation point. I like that. I am excited for another episode of Chad and Bill's excellent adventures. Uh, it's actually Bill and Chad's, if we're going to uh, you know, follow the Bill and Ted formula. Hey, did you see the uh, the new Bill and Ted movie, Bill?
2: No, I did not.
0: Bill S. Lack? I'm Chad S. I Dotson saw, Esquire.
2: I saw the first one. I think I saw the second one.
0: Oh, my gosh. They're all great. They're all I do great have
2: out. a limit on time between sequels.
0: I think that uh, the Bill and Ted movie last year was one of two movies I saw in a theater. I saw that one, and I saw Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And I've seen a couple this year already, and I enjoy being back in the theaters.
2: I always enjoy going to the theater. It's the
0: only place to watch. I've seen A Quiet Place 2. Have you seen that one yet? No. Did you see the first one? No. Oh, it's good. You need to, no, see, them. No movie. You need to see them both. And then I saw uh, In the Heights over the weekend, which I enjoyed as well. I'm they're, they're running that
2: on HBO Max, I think.
0: Yeah, and I have HBO Max, but I went to see it in the theater just because it's better in a theater. And it was. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I, I digress again. Um Chuck asks, imagine if you will, last year's Reds pitching and this year's offense, who could stop them? That kind of goes back to what you said about having, uh, Trevor Bauer back, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I, and the offense is pretty much the same guys as last year. Yeah. With the addition of India and, and the, uh, and,
0: and Tyler McQuinn.
2: taught Kyle Farmer playing every day. But.
0: but yeah, you're right, Chuck. It would be, uh, Essentially, put Bauer, Iglesias, and Archie Bradley back on this team. Yeah. We're in first place right now. I, I probably think,
2: by a few games.
0: No, I, I don't think there's any question about it. I think just a, a decent bullpen. And I hate to give any credit to uh, this, uh, this Yahoo, uh, Phil Razor, who, uh, no, we love you, Phil. But uh, he said, with an average bullpen, this is probably a first place team. and I think it's absolutely right. I think it's absolutely right. It's tough to argue against. It is, yeah. So, oh, fingers crossed. Either way, it's more fun to talk about uh, what's going on right now than it has been for most of the season. So, let enjoy it, Reds fans. Right, Bill, I mean, just, we got to enjoy Look, it, right?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 curiously to see how they go against a really good team this weekend.
0: A team that's been struggling lately, the Padres. But they're yeah, good. But they're, but they're, still they're good. Still a really good team. Yeah, yeah. They're...
2: And and, and, and any time. They run into – it always reminds me of that, that line from Ball 4 where he talks about, you know, they, they've been playing and then they went to play Baltimore and Oakland and Minnesota. And they said it was like the, being the kid that said, well, I was, had a no-hitter going until the big kids got out of school.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, – I'm really interested in what happens uh, in, in the first game tonight, certainly. Because uh, the Padres are – they're the real deal. So I, I worry only because I'm, I have these – flashbacks to all those years the reds were playing well and then they go out west and it blows yeah. up the season it's you know
2: been, it's been a burial ground for the reds over the years
0: it has been so who knows maybe this year uh things will change bill any final thoughts for us go reds go reds this is red leg nation radio episode number 380 you can find us wherever you find podcasts download us uh, leave a please go leave a, a rating and a review uh, wherever you find your podcast, especially uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the the best way though that we can help grow the family is just talk about us. Well, no, let me let me, let me change that. If you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, shh, keep your mouth shut. Bill, always fun talking to you, buddy. Glad to have you back. Thanks, bud. All See. right, for Bill Lack and Will McEnany, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app and join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa Mocha Signature Latte. Or make them swoon with a Strawberry Dragon Fruit Dunkin' Refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.